Hey, Generation Church, we welcome you and invite you to encounter Jesus with us. We believe that through him, we will encounter love and discover our purpose. So take a seat, lean in, and let this message fortify your faith. He's helping me. I would require a lot of help. Thank you. All right. Well, I'm really excited about today. And um, this oops, has been in my heart for a year. I think it's been in the Father's heart a lot longer than that. Um, we're calling today a day to celebrate and hear from our heroes of faith. These are our senior seniors. We have other seniors in this house. These guys have been with us most of the time we've been here, we've gone through a lot of life together. We've gone, had a lot of time to grow together and laugh together and cry together and share together. And, you know, I've been aware that um, we're not going to have their physical presence with us always. And I hope it is a long, 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 long time. And, you know, you think about... Um, the babies of the group here will be 80. Jo Jane, when she was um, 22, they were born. That in itself is for many people a generation. It does. Um, there's over 500 years of life. Most of these guys have been walking with the Lord for decades, some since their childhood. And yet I would... I would propose to you that they would all say, I'm continuing to grow. And there's been places along the way where I feel like I got saved all over again. <laughs> At least I, that's what I'm finding in my um, 54 years. Um, this is a stretch. This is a new place for them. There's a little bit of um, a big stretch, little nerves. Probably. So I want you to just reach out your hands to them and let's just bless them with peace peace and joy. I was thinking about the kingdom of God is righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. So we just welcome the Holy Spirit here. Um, we believe that he's going to orchestrate everything that he has. I told them we want to, I, we're stepping out in faith, and they're stepping out with me. They probably feel like they're, even though they're in a chair, they feel like they're on the edge of a cliff. <laughs> but as we're stepping out in faith together, we're believing that in our obedience and faith, Holy Spirit's going to come and do what only he can do in this time and space. So there's this beautiful picture. So we just bless you guys. Don't worry about anything. We're going to have fun. We are a family. There's grace. It's okay if it doesn't come out right. And um, we're going to just have a good time. I think about Jo Jane last week. She said a testimony is declaring God's goodness and it's fun. So who wants to have some fun? All right. So the first thing um, we're going to do is we sent our staff out to spend some one-on-one -on -one time with our seniors. And so they're going to come up and share a little bit about their one-on-one -on -one time and make their introduction. So if you guys will come on up. And then we have some pictures, too, of some of them in their younger selves. We thought y'all would be interested. All right, so they have the... They have the um, Mike, so you can just kind of go up there and we've never, hey guys, we've never done this before, so I'm not promising it'll be smooth, but we're going to have fun. <laughs> All right, go. Who's first? 
me. Okay, <laughs> Daniel's first. <laughs> yeah, you can stand behind your seniors, that'd be good. All right. All right. Well, uh, I had the privilege of uh, getting to know Don Lee. We went out for coffee and just had uh, an awesome talk, and there's just a lot of wisdom inside of him. Hey, y'all just for just a minute so you can see that fun picture. All the tall people duck. Oh, yeah. <laughs> there we are. <laughs> I told you we were going to have fun. <laughs> went over to Moments Cafe and had some good coffee. Had a good time. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, uh, it's just been uh, a privilege getting to know Don. So I'm just going to give a quick little brief bio of him. Don Liu was born uh, October 31st, 1931 in, yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, Digby, Georgia. John, if I say anything wrong, just shake your head and, you know, let me know. I'm pretty sure I got all the right notes, but, you know. Uh, from a young age, he always loved working with animals. He spent his career doing just that. Uh, so he was a veterinarian uh, medical officer and spent a total of 40 years working in that field. During uh, his time in the workforce, he eradicated a disease called brucellosis. Did I say that right? All right. <laughs> uh, in the cattle population uh, by using a vaccine. Uh, and he is a man who just loves his family so much. He's a father of four, a grandfather of four as well. Uh, and he just loves getting to spend time with them. And he just has so much wisdom and kindness, optimism and an amazing relationship with the Lord. And uh, he's someone I think that really anyone could inspire to be. And uh, something that I took away from this, I, I asked him, you know, would you, would you do anything different? And uh, he said that I wouldn't. And I think that's something, you know, that we could all hang on to, that live with no regrets and uh, optimism and just the love, the love of the Lord. So let's just give it up for Don. come to the side that way we can see the pictures I'm sorry that's what we're learning we'll, we'll, we'll know what to do even better next time all right so Matt yes yeah so I was blessed to be able to actually spend time with three of our heroes um, <laughs> and uh, I got to spend time with Joe Jane and we uh, went up to her house and drove up the steepest driveway I've ever driven up in my life and we're from Colorado so you know <laughs> Um, but yeah, I really enjoyed my time with Joe Jane, and she is 102. I know you guys all know that. Um, she got married in 1945, so that was, you know, World War II a long time ago. And then uh, she was married until 1991, and I we got to hang out for a few hours and um, just got to get to know her more, and it was great. And um, she passed on to me that. Uh, one thing that I really took away from her was just that, is there, one of the questions was, is there any prophetic words or anything that you're waiting for? And she said, well, we're all waiting for the rapture. <laughs> and and I, I was like, oh, wow, that is so true. We are all, we're all waiting for Jesus to come back, and we have that confident hope that he's coming back for us. And it was just an honor. And she gave me some books as well to, to borrow and return. So... <laughs> And then uh, we, uh, me and Ava got to meet uh, with Earl and Fonda. Aww. Earl and Fonda's over here. Um, they got married in 19. <laughs> uh, they got married in 1965. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so that's uh, 54, 54 years now. 57 years now. Yeah, math also. 
can't can't quite do it. <laughs> but uh, yeah, it was wonderful spending time with them, uh, getting to know them more. And as as you heard from Earl too, um, a big takeaway I had from Earl was just about how um, it's about people and it's about relationships. And um, I mean, he was a teacher since 1965. He started teaching and also a coach, as you heard. And he got to to be with a lot of people <laughs> all the time. Um, so I got to got to take that away from Earl too. And Ava has some. Um, <laughs> I'm like, oh, that was my fact, no. Uh, they were married when they were 23, but a fun fact is that they've known each other since they were 10 years old. What? And um, they at one point measured the same size for their choir robe in elementary school. And they were both, <laughs> they were both 4'11", and then Earl kept growing. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, they have three kids, Michelle, Mike, Amy, and they are 56, 54, 52, and they have four grandkids. Um, but they are one month and seven days apart. And um, one thing that was really valuable to me was, I mean, they have a beautiful window looking out in their backyard, so we got to watch some chipmunks um, <laughs> and some birds, which were nice. But um, Fonda said, she was like, one question that I really want to, in, like, to answer and have people know, um, the question was, anything about you that people do not know? And she answered, the devil has nothing on me. Um, he can't take me down. Mm -hmm. And um, Fonda has had many different health things over the years. She's had two strokes. She's had open heart surgery. She's had fibromyalgia for 15 years and got rid of it. The Lord did. <laughs> yeah. So she is really mighty. Um, she was my journey leader, and I'm really, really grateful for her. Cool. Rocky and I did the Caros, and so I'll talk about Marilyn. We have some fun pictures for them. Um, Marilyn's from Ohio, um, and she was born in 1941. Is that? Yeah, so 1941. Um, and Marilyn is just, she has so many experiences. Um, she worked in government um, out in D.C. Um, she has a master's degree, um, and she's a mom, and she has her grandkids here, um, and her, yeah, her whole family. And so she's a family woman, and she's just I don't know, if you haven't talked to Marilyn, you should talk to her, because she just has so many things to say and so much wisdom to share. Um, and a fun fact is Marilyn was a cheerleader, but also a field hockey player, which you don't normally meet people who do both of those. <laughs> so I think that's cool. And so, yeah, here you go. Well, I'm not going to pretend like I didn't just ask Jim what year he was born. Um, 1936, I had the pleasure of sitting down with Jim Carroll and man just from almost crashing a plane to jumping out of one and the parachute not working he's got some story to tell I mean uh, some things that stood out to me that really touched me is he I asked him is there things that you find challenging as a follower of Christ and he said that when he doesn't always see answers to prayer and that's something that's always been a challenge for me as well but he told me, he said, he knows that God always has the right answers. And he knows that the Lord, he's always the one who makes everything okay. He knows what to do. He's, things don't surprise him. 
Um, and there's one thing you really told me that certain week that we were together that I didn't tell you it was impacting me as much as it did. But you told me there was this one time where you, you did something and you messed up and you were really putting yourself down. And um, you, you were calling yourself names and it was a tough week. And what you told me was when you were doing that, all of a sudden the Holy Spirit just spoke to you in a really clear, loud voice. And he told you, don't you ever put yourself down. Don't ever do that. And you said it just shook you and it woke you up. And you, you said it would have felt better to have a two by four being hit across your head. And um, that really touched me because that week, I, I'm known for putting myself down and being hard on myself sometimes. Just, I'm always trying to strive. And that certain week, I was, I was saying, Rocky, you need to do better. You need to do better. And then when you told me this, it just really touched my heart. And uh, I just want to say thank you. And it's an honor to to be able to sit down with these people. Amen. Okay. <laughs> Quick question. Younger people, did you enjoy having an opportunity to spend time with these guys? Oh, yeah. Did it enrich your life? Was it worth your time? Okay. Older generation, did you enjoy having an opportunity to connect with these guys? Okay. So it took a little bit of intentionality, but it was worth it. All right, guys. Like, be the body. All right, you guys can go. Thank you. <laughs> um, and just so, you know, we can say with confidence, we had a lot of word today that our message is here. We're going to be asking some questions. Um, I do want to start with this one scripture, Psalm 78, verse 4, 3 and 4. For it says, we will not hide them from our children, telling the generation to come the praises of the Lord and his strength and the wondrous works he has done. And we want to make space. Two things. I told them there's two things I want to see happen. One, I want y'all to know you're seen, you're loved, and you're honored. And I want that to be part of our culture, not just for them, but for all of us. But Holy Spirit is highlighting them right now. That was one thing. And the other thing is I wanted to give opportunity for the body to have a chance to glean and to learn. And there'll be things that they'll say that it really may touch Brocky. And there might be something else very different for over here. But the Holy Spirit knows. And so let's just enjoy. This is a unique time. I know I say that a lot because it's true. Every time we come together, it's unique. But this is a unique of unique. So um, I'm going to just start out. Um, so we're going to keep things in two categories mostly, not 100%, but mostly in their journey of faith. Um, we've had the opportunity of hearing their God story and their God's still writing it. And then also maybe some relationship questions. So if, just to start out, and they have um, microphones and they're just going to, they may not all answer it, but if they want to, we're just going to let the Holy Spirit lead. First thing I want to just ask is if you would all share, and you've already done this, today one bible verse that has been important in your life how it's impacted your life galatians 8 uh, 3 no 322 20. i'm crucified with christ nevertheless i live you want to check the mic Okay, I think we're going to check that mic out to make sure the batteries are going. So if we can use this other one, okay. Just 
we got to switch mics. That the batteries died. We did try to test all this stuff ahead of time. Confused. <laughs> um, one of my favorite verses is Second Chronicles sixteen nine. Do you want me to? Yeah, it? tell it. Give it to us. Well, it says, God's eyes continually rove to and fro throughout the whole earth to show himself strong of anyone that's loyal to him. And to me, that means that he's watching us and encouraging us all of the time. Amen. All of the time. Amen. Very good. Okay, Fonda, do you have one? Amen. Good verse. Um, mine is, John, is Psalm 91, and I was studying it one week and got so many pictures from it because I grew up with chickens, and uh, I realized that when a hawk flew by, the mother hen didn't go gather up her chickens. She raised her wings mm. and clucked, and they all came running to her and came underneath her wings. And when I had my stroke a week after I had studied this, I was very confused. I didn't know what was going on. And it was, could have been terrifying, but for some reason I wasn't because I kept seeing this picture of the mother hen and her babies coming under. And just seeing that picture from the Holy Spirit calmed my spirit. I was able to walk through all the testings and everything, and and the Lord completely healed it. He has used that picture. He has used that chapter over my life, year after year, to know Him. Thanks. Thank you. And I've been blessed after hearing that a few years ago. I rely on that chapter, too. <laughs> um, I guess over the long haul, one of my favorites is Jeremiah 29, 11 through 13. And, and it's a familiar one, but it's really a good one. For I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord. They are plans for good and not for disaster, to give you a future and a hope. In those days when you pray, I will listen. If you look for me wholeheartedly, you will find me. And I think that's a real blessing. Now, in this time of my life, one of my favorite verses is uh, Psalm 92, 12 and 15. But the basic one, part of that is that um, 15 says, Even in old age, they, the godly, will still produce fruit. They will remain vital and green. They will declare, the Lord is just. He is my rock. There is no evil in him. Amen. Amen. That's good. Um, I got to tell you, we, I feed wild turkeys. I just get big bags of sunflower seeds. And I saw there were about four of them out yesterday in the cluster where I put out some. And one of them was really big. And, and I kind of had gone out, and then she stood up, and 14 little gut bolts were under there. That's why she, so, you know, that. Um, my favorite, well, I got a lot of them, but 
but one that I really appreciate more, I think, than, than a lot, is 1 John 3, 1 that says, Behold what manner of love the Father has bestowed upon us that we should be called children of God. Amen. Amen. Very good. All right. So I'm just going to bounce. Like I said, you don't have to all answer, but I want to go through some of these questions, and we'll just see if you all want to, and if you're, if you're not, we'll move on. All right. I, would, I thought it would be nice. Would you guys like to hear what are some practical ways they've cultivated their relationship with Jesus through the years? Okay, so what are some practical things that you've done to grow in your relationship with Jesus through the years? Talk to him. Talk to him, okay. I love the word of God. I love to dig in and see him in all different dimensions. So it's probably being in his word. I love to watch TV when it got teachers that are doing a great job. In 1970, my family went with me to Jamaica for a four-week teaching. We had uh, four teachers there, Derek Prince, Don Basham, Charles Simpson, and Madison Bose. And that really put me into really studying the Word. So, Joe Jane, what are some things? In uh, I'm sorry, Eliza, I'm not understanding you. Okay. Um, can you go and help her? Okay. Can you hear me now? It, it isn't a matter of hearing. I can hear your voice. I just, the words are garbled, and that's affliction from most hearing people. Right. And so, forgive me. You're fine. But you're gonna have to get right up in my nose. Let me do it. <laughs> so Excuse us. Understand That's this. perfect. No problem. That's why I have this, so I can come be with you. I actually, this is a fun place to be right here. Um, what are some ways in your life that you have cultivated your relationship with Jesus through the years? Well, through Bible study and being with other people who know more than I do and will share, that helps. And, um, and just keep on keeping on. Keep on keeping on. Joe Jane is a wealth of knowledge. Get to know her and love her because she has so much depth in her understanding. Amen. I'm not doing very well, though, on display. No, you're doing great. You're doing great. Are you guys having a fun time? Are y'all loving this? Okay, you're, would y'all give them 100%? Yeah. Okay, anybody else want to share how they've kind of grown, cultivated? To me, um, and it's, it's with the rest too, I guess, is the word because um, one of the verses that I like just says, God magnifies his word above all his name and we all understand the power of his name. Uh, so when he says his word, he magnifies it above his name. That's solid. And I mean, that's something you can take to the bank. 
Amen. And so to me, the, the word is the key. Getting in there, reading. You know, the other day I just decided um, I'm going to start reading books instead of uh, ed- ed- just go through a whole book. And I went through um, Acts. That really is an incredible story. I mean, if, if you just do one day at a time, one chapter a day, you kind of lose the train. But if you start and go through and just follow what's happening, that is amazing. I just recommend doing that. <laughs> Amen. I guess a long time ago I made a kind of a vow that I would get up early and um, uh, spend time in the Word with the Lord. And um, my early and your early may not be the same. <laughs> but <laughs> I, I do... That's the first thing I do in the morning. It's not a long time, but um, I try to be faithful. That's good. Okay. Um, have you ever found it challenging to follow Christ? If so, what, or what do you find sometimes challenging as a follower of Christ? What is something that you have found challenging? You guys ever find it challenging? Oh, I have found it challenging working for the government. You have to walk a fine line of what you can share and what you can't share. You have to listen to the Holy Spirit and follow exactly what he's telling you to do. That's good. Okay, anybody else? You said it. (laughs) Okay. Um, What have you found challenging as a follower of Christ? Well, when I worked with um, in the political realm, and I was working with a family foundation in Virginia, which it was a pro-family activist group, and um, it was could be discouraging because what we were standing for usually was the minority view and opinion, and so you have to keep going even though it doesn't look like victory is at hand, Amen. and. Um, that's what we did, and after 18 years, we got one bill passed to um, require that girl, girls, uh, teenage girls, had parents had to be notified if they were planning to have an abortion. Wow. That was as close as we could get yeah, at that so time. Perseverance, I'm hearing. Perseverance. Yep. Okay, so if there was one thing you could tell your younger self about faith? Something you've learned in your journey? Something you could tell, what would it be? Trust the Father's heart for me. That's good. Keep it up. Keep it up. Keep going. Keep going. The Day of Batteries. Okay. Anybody else on that? You don't have to. I'll just keep moving. Oh, Don Lee. Yep. Oh, give a testimony of what God has done when you see it happen. I went to test the herd of cattle. We had some animals that were positive, some that were suspicious. And the next time I went to that farm, the owner said, it won't be any any cows today with anything wrong with them so actually he was right wow so that was gather on your journey 
gather testimonies, the places that God has shown up. You can look back and remember that's very important. Okay. What do you believe regarding Christian community? The importance of community? The give and take. Give and take? That you're where I grew up in the church. You were constantly giving and giving, and you didn't get, I didn't receive back, so I got very empty. We need each other to see the dimensions of the Father. And um, that's good. I find the community um, gives a sense of belonging and um, encouragement because the world is um, on a different path. And so uh, Christian community is very important in all the milestones and the steps that we made over the years. Was that we were involved in home groups. We were involved in a home church for many years. We were involved um, just in being together and having church family. Okay. Very good. That was one of the reasons many of us moved to Laurel Ridge because it was to be a Christian community. Mm -hmm. So meeting in the Carol's home for regular meetings was a very blessing. Amen. So yeah, many of you may not know there's a community up in Laurel Ridge and many of these guys and others came throughout the nation to come together out of wanting to grow in community and be intentional in making community. And then we've benefited immensely from that. Anybody else? I don't want to go too fast, but okay. All right. Um, would you share a defining moment when God became real to you personally? I can do that. Um, we were driving back. We had picked my daughter up. We, we talk about this all the time. Um, my, my daughter was driving, youngest one, Amy, was driving the truck. I had a Ford F-150 and was full of all of her stuff from college. And we were coming back. And she was going to pull right out in front of an 18-wheeler. And she did. Oh. And I grabbed the wheel and pulled her back and said, nope, look again. And he was real. Yeah. Oh, yeah, oh, yeah, really real. Okay. Anybody else? Um, when we started uh, Sozo Ministry here, it was the year before we started Journey. And we met as a group ministering to each other. And we would get lots of sessions done until we felt free to invite the rest of the church in to be ministered to. And I remember that I was able to climb up on the father's lap, but he would never look at me. I was in his arms and I felt his presence, but he wouldn't look at me. And then I had a session a year or so after that, and it was laying down false responsibilities that I felt toward my father. And this time, I was on his lap, but he looked at me. And that was so freeing, because I knew he loved me, but then I knew he liked me. And when I saw that he liked me, I began to like myself. Mm. That's beautiful. Anybody else? When um, I was a teenager, 
and I shared it in my testimony. Um, I I was watching a movie, and um, I had no background or tr teaching about being born again or saved or anything. But um, we were watching a movie, and it was about Jesus. And all of a sudden, I saw him, and I don't know if that was in the movie or just I saw it, um, riding on a white horse coming for me. And um, I realized that he was the only way I was going to go to heaven and that he was real and my source. Wow, it's beautiful. Thank you. Um, I guess one of the first times, I had always believed that there was a God. I mean, and when I gave him testimony, you, you can't look outside and believe this just happened. And so, but it, um, so for a long time until I was 32, um, I hadn't met Jesus. I knew about Jesus, but I hadn't met him. But, um, and I, I had shared this with some of you before, but um, I thought God was a macro issue, dealt with governments, and didn't have time for individuals so much unless you're just in a panic. And um, after smoking for 10 years and knowing that the government came out and said, this could kill you now. And so I would be, yes, you're probably right, but I couldn't quit. I tried everything uh, uh, that I could think of and, and nothing worked. And so I finally just said, look, God, this is not good for me. You know it's not good for me. I can't quit. If you don't intercede and help me, um, I'll, I, there's no way I can, I'll be smoking forever, I guess. And I don't know how many of you may have smoked, but it is it's really, it's a hard thing to do. But from that time for 30 days, I did not have one desire. And it just kind of blew me away that he would unplug Russia and come help little Jim. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> Amen. So, Mr. Jane, is there a time that you can tell us that God became very real to you? Yes, I think I explained that last week. We want to hear it again. Pardon? Tell us. Tell us again. Well, God had moved the family around because we had to find a new location. The government had condemned everything we had. And finally, God moved us to Dare County, North Carolina. And I met a group of Christians, and I've always been more comfortable with Christians because they're loving and generous. And there, a lady who was a wife of a Pentecostal preacher told us about the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And that was the first time I had ever felt like I met Jesus or he met me when all the years before I was serving, I guess out of a sense of faithfulness and duty, but after the Holy Spirit comes into your life, it's a loving compulsion. I mean, you just can't Amen. keep from it. And he is the power of God, if you want more power. He is a counselor. Every day I ask him, please help me get through this get through this day, give me the advice I need, and help me go where I'm supposed to go and say what I'm supposed to say. 
Amen. And he also tells us what's to come. Mm -hmm. Jesus said that. And that makes life exciting. And so that's when Jesus really became active in my life. Awesome. Don Lee, would you like to add on to that? Talk about the Holy Spirit. Oh, talking about the Holy Spirit. After my daughter, <laughs> daughter died in 1962, my wife had difficulty accepting and understanding that. So we went to the home of friends of ours that was part of the church, and he was the Sunday school teacher, the man was. Uh, when they, we started to go home, they prayed for my wife that she would be released and, and encouraged. Then after she got home, she began to speak in tongues. The next week, Charles Simpson was in Ruston, Louisiana, where we lived. And I went forward and asked for prayer and received the Holy Spirit there. It has been a blessing to me ever since. Amen. Amen. So we know about when Joshua and the Israelites went into the promised land, the Lord told them to take stones of remembrance. Can you all share something that we, you would say would be, this is a stone of remembrance in my life? And some of you shared some, but if there's something else, just a testimony you knew, I'm going to look at this, I'm going to tell my children God did this, I'm going to never forget God did this. I was mowing the grass in the backyard. Um, we lived up on a mountain out off the Route 9 for a long time. And uh, it was when my daughter, and uh, Fonda knows this, we've talked about this, um, was when my daughter was in Indiana. And she and I are wired a little different. And I'm very protective of her. Very controlling. Wouldn't you say? Anyway. Um, <laughs> and, and I told you in the testimony that he, it's the first time I've ever heard him verbally tell me. He chewed me out a few times, and I deserved it. Um, but he stopped, and he said, you're having a hard time with this, aren't you? I couldn't get my lawnmower started. That was part of it. I was really frustrated with that. Um, but he said, you can't protect her, control her, be with her like you want to, can you? But I can and will. Changed my life. Anybody else? This is a different, a little different angle. Um, back when Jim retired from the Navy and was doing some things and it wasn't working out and he really needed a job. And um, God sent a man to knock on the front door and uh, offer him a job that was right up his alley. Praise God. Amen. That's awesome. Okay. Anybody else? Um, Eddie's mom. Eddie's Earl. So. <laughs> His mom interceded for us and our children, and we knew every day we got up, she was praying for us. And when she died, I said, Lord, what are we going to do? We no longer have this for us. Mm -hmm. 
And he says, I'm passing it on to you. And so then I began praying for, I did pray my children when they carried them in their womb, I prayed for them and their mate. And so I just kept praying protection and growth over them. And today, praying for my grandchildren. Amen. Thank you. Yes. All right, so I think this is gonna be a question that um, would be very timely for a lot of us. Have you throughout your life, what have you learned or experienced that helps navigate through um, anxiety, fear, worry? I think that that's something a lot of people have, is that accurate? Would you guys like to hear if they've learned anything that helps? Anything that helps in a time where you find yourself feeling anxious or worried, what are some things? Have you guys ever felt that way? Okay, I figured it was all common ground. Um, I'm going to just make sure Jodine is hearing me. So any time you've ever felt anxious or worried and something you've learned that helps you in that time to kind of overcome and get through times of worry or anxiety or fear? Anxious or worried. Yeah, how, if you have any tips or helps to how to get through that. I'm asking everybody, but I wanted to make sure you heard the question. Okay? Let me, let me just go ahead and tell you. Um, Jesus said, don't let your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. He didn't say, don't ask me to do that for you. He said, you have the authority. Otherwise, he wouldn't tell us we could to do that. And it sounds easy, but it's not. But if you practice, I've, what, what I've been trying to do over the years is, because I know fear is, is just counter faith and is of the devil. And so what I've tried to do, if I get a bad report, before I start feeling sorry for myself or, or anxious, I say, Lord, this is not the final end of this. It's not the final report. You said, don't let your heart be troubled. Don't let it be afraid. I'm not going to do it. I'm just going to trust you, and if and then just start praising him. And it's amazing when you do that, your your faith just builds up, and and then you you really know not in your heart, in your head, this is going to be okay. It's going to work out. God's got this. Amen. That's good. Anybody else? If you ha if you have something, we'd love to hear well, it. I really don't know how to say this because I'm not a natural warrior and um, when things happen I just go along with them you know God has always had to control me through circumstances I'm not as spiritually sensitive as a lot of people and so when a circumstance happens, happens somehow or other I know that it's God and there's an assurance there, and you just, what is it? The way is there, so walk in it. This is the way and I think it. that's what I usually do. Okay, very good, thank you. I found, I found over the years, looking at my children, helping them, then God has taken good care of them. Both of the twins, have received a PhD degree. Both of them have used that 
then the youngest son has been with the space program for over 35 years. That's good. I think by the time you're 80, you've been through about everything. <laughs> and if it's health, I look back to the way he has healed me, and I say, he did it then, he'll do it again. If it's finances, I have lots of struggles going through, getting through college, paying every penny the Lord would give me, and then raising our kids and sending them to college. On paper, it doesn't show, but he did it. And I just look back before I struggled again. It's okay. He did it then, he'll do it again. Amen. So whatever, I can count on his faithfulness. Amen. That's good. Thank you. Okay, 2 Corinthians 1, 3 through 7 speaks of God and his comfort in our sufferings. Can you share a time of great loss or grief that you've endured when you've experienced the comfort of God and how he and his grace brought you through? I mean... As you said, y'all have, have experienced a lot of life. I, I know personally y'all have walked through some hard things, but I'm confident you've experienced the comfort of God. Could you speak on that? Um, our son had been, um, as I mentioned before, had um, struggled with um, drug addiction for almost 20 years, and he ended up in the hospital and uh, with pneumonia, but his body was in such bad shape that it was not, um, he, he wasn't fighting it off. So they did some surgery. Anyway, he, in the ICU, his um, heart stopped, and when, it st uh, when they finally got it started again, it had been too long, and so he had severe brain damage. And um, so we, wait, we stayed there. Um, this was down in Florida. He stayed uh, there. And after eight days, we had to um, take him off life supports. And so all of that was very difficult. And he did die um, shortly after that. And uh, when we came back home and were having a the funeral and everything, um, one of our friends reminded us that Jimmy had always um, struggled, but that he had finally won the battle and won his final victory and was safely home with the father. And I knew that, and I had been comforting myself with the fact that he was, God had shown me he was in heaven, um, but somehow that really encouraged and, and uh, helped me through that situation. And I, so I think that's another um, good reason for a Christian community, because we can be, um, even with something that doesn't seem particularly religious or whatever, um, we can be helpful and encouraging to people who are in a hard place. Amen. That's good. Anybody else on that? Uh, I don't know whether this answers the question, but I would like to talk about the time I learned trust. That's good. Um, would you like to hear that? <laughs> yeah. There's a verse uh, in chapter 1, 
verse 7 of Nahum. And it says, God is good. He's a refuge in time of trouble. And he knows those who trust him. And that know is very strong. It's like married people know each other. Eliza, you know all of Sam's weaknesses and strengths. He knows you that way. That's right. And so it's that kind of know. And um, I had a son who, who was having a, a very serious problem, and I wanted to call him and give him some advice. But a year before, I had given that problem to God and, and my son to God. And so when this came up, I was fighting. God, I want to tell him this, it's important, but I've given him to you. And it became such an agony for me that I laid on the rug and I beat my fists on the floor and I said, oh God, do not let me call him because I have given him to you. The next morning I woke up and everything was solved. He called me, everything was done. And so, <laughs> if you are a real believer and a real follower of Jesus Christ, you can trust him. Yeah, Absolutely. That's good. Thank you, thank you. All right. You know how parents will mark the height of their children on the door as they get older? Could you look back over your journey with the Lord and go, wow, I can see where I grew up some places. I know y'all have grown. What is it about I can look back and see what? You know how, how, you know how when you're, you had your kids, I don't know if you did this, that we had a, a door and we'd mark their height. Yeah. And you could look back and go, wow, look at how they've grown. When you think about your walk with Jesus and your relationship, like for me, I know I've learned a lot about trust. I trust him more now. I, I see his goodness all the time where before I you know, question that. Can you look back in your life and go, this is an area that I can see I've really grown and matured because he takes us as we are and then he brings transformation into our lives that we're more like Jesus. So what's an area that maybe you've seen, this is something he's worked in me, that I'm look more like Jesus. Well, you know, at the time, I can't. I don't. I guess it's me. But in hindsight, that's right. I can see those times when God was stepped down into my life, and I would have to make a choice. You know, we all make choices, and those choices decide whether we stay on that narrow road that leads to life. And that's one thing I have to say, Holy Spirit, get out your cook and pull me back. That's good. Amen. <laughs> and so that, that's the way it goes. That, that is very good. Anybody else? I think my hardest summer was 1988. It, Eddie's father was dying with cancer. And my son was in Kenya with the Pokot tribe for six weeks. My youngest daughter was on a fastball, fast pitch ball, softball, and uh, 
she was in, in New Mexico with her team, and my oldest daughter was going to have to leave to go to college. And I was praying, Lord, take him home when the kids are all here. Because I didn't want to call Michelle and tell her. They were all close to their grandpa. And, and the Lord just did. It was only a, a window of, of a week that could all happen. And it did. Mm-hmm. And it was so easy then. If I could trust him with all of that, I can trust him with anything. Amen. That's good. I think um, a time when, when I received the baptism in the Holy Spirit was a major milestone if I died. Um, and so uh, that, I think, is very important for people. But that was a major turning point or improving point. And if you want to know that God's really real, then seek the baptism in the Holy Spirit. All right, there's a theme on that. I don't know if you're hearing. That's a very important piece that and trusting, very good. Um, that's, that, I agree with that. Receiving Jesus as Savior was, was the first. I, I was a religious Methodist for years until I was lieutenant commander in the Navy, 32 years old, and, and um, thought I knew, I knew God, but I didn't know Jesus. And uh, at a revival with the lady pastor in Little Methodist Church in, in Virginia Beach, um, where she got a Baptist um, to come do the preaching because back in early 70s, it just she didn't think a lady preacher ought to do that. And so this obnoxious Baptist came into our little Methodist church and laid it on us. I had heard all this stuff before. But I think the thing. But I was really angry with him, and I think that in the in the back of my head, saying this is doesn't make sense to be angry with this guy. You've heard this, even old time Methodist preachers talk to you about this about knowing Jesus. And the thing that bothered me, I think, most was that uh, I probably didn't agree with what he was saying and believe the way he was, and. Of course, he was Baptist, and you can't trust Baptist. So I went and <laughs> right after the service, I went because I knew I could trust Miss Long. She she was just the sweetest lady, good teacher, and so I said, "Look, he's telling me all this stuff. He knows if if he dies right now, he's going to um, going to heaven." And uh, do you know that? I mean, do you agree with that? And she said, "Of course I do. The Bible blessed says, you know, tells me that." And I said, "Well, I don't know that." And this sweet little lady and I. I've said this before. I can see her in a little gray hair, sweet face looking up at me. She said, well, Jim, maybe it's time to quit acting like a Christian and become one. I thought, oh, why don't, why don't you shoot me with a steel arrow pointed arrow from a crossbow? You know, something. It, it hurt that much, but I knew that she was right. So that's when I went home um, and got on my knees. Marilyn said, you go fix lunch. I got to have a chat for the Lord. And so when I did that, it was amazing to me when I received Jesus that immediately the King James Bible, which had been, could have been French otherwise, um, I would read it, but I didn't understand. All of a sudden, the next day, it started making sense. So that was the big, a big, a major underlining 
mark on the door. Um, and then when we were in Orlando and the charismatic movement was going around, and there were books coming out about the baptism in the Holy Spirit, and I was praying for a week, Lord, I want the baptism in the Holy Spirit. And nothing happened. And then at a meeting on that Friday night where others who had been baptized in the Holy Spirit were there, uh, at, towards the end of the meeting, they said, would anybody like to receive? And I said, yes, yes, don't leave. I need. And so um, I said, you know, I want to be able to speak in tongues and know that I have the baptism in the Holy Spirit. And he said, well, just praise the Lord. Don't do it in English. Well, that made all the difference in the world. I can do that. And I did. <laughs> and I went home. This is people did crazy. I went home, got a tape. You know those old reel to reel, old time. I sat there for about an hour, probably midnight or so, speaking in tongues and saying, in case I, well, in case I forget in the morning when I wake up, you know, I want to be able to come and listen to it again. And of course, uh, that never went away. And, and but that was another big mark is the baptism of the Holy Spirit. If you haven't been. The Holy Spirit, when you get saved, is, is going to lead you in truth and interpret, be your interpreter for you. Amen. But the power, the power to go out and talk to people and not be afraid comes with the baptism of the Holy Amen. Spirit. Amen. Amen. That's good. Okay. All right. Just some practical relationship questions to our, well, everybody's been married at some point. Any advice on a healthy, thriving marriage? Any advice on a healthy, thriving Yeah, I want to start. Always do more than you share. If you see something he's doing in the marriage, do it. If it's Marilyn's job, go ahead and do it anyway. Um, and, and she's, I mean, we both, I think, kind of have that attitude and, and uh, being both believers and baptized in the Holy Spirit. But you see something that needs doing, you don't have to be hollered at and told to do it. Just go ahead and do it and try to make do things that would make life for your partner easier. That's good. Mm-hmm. Marriage. I guess that's along my same lines is that you, the word says we prefer others over ourselves. Very seldom is marriage 50-50. True <laughs> <And> story. <laughs> if you wait for that, it'll never happen. Um, some seasons I was 80-20. And then when I went through the change of life, my husband was 80-20. On marriage. Marriage. Oh, sorry. Uh, She started out her career teaching home economics in Savannah. And her assignment was to teach the seniors about relationship. So she did that. One of the students came to us years later and complimented her on what she did there. So she became interested in that. She got a degree, a master's degree in childhood development. Then she received a degree in marriage and family therapy. So she needed help in putting some of the things into the computer for her classwork. And I was able to do that because my workload had lessened. So having been around marriage and family therapy for all these many years until I lost my wife in 1999, I learned a lot about getting along, do what you're told, and 
don't try to tell her what to do. <laughs> he says, uh, okay. All right, we'll go. Any, any thoughts or advice about raising your children and parenting or anything in that realm? I'll kick in on that one. L-O-V-E, love them. Everything. Good. Okay. How would you like to be seen or viewed by those younger than you? That I'm still teachable. Okay, say that. That's good. Friendly but not pushy. I guess loving and trustworthy. <laughs> Learn to listen to your children because they have a lot of the traits that you gave them by their birth. But don't try to push them to do anything. Encourage them always. That's good. Good, good. All right. Have you had people pour into you as you've grown as a disciple when you were younger like Timothy poured into like Paul poured into Timothy have you had people that have invested in you in your journey and have you had an opportunity to pour into others that have come along like I know you have I've seen you so have y'all experienced the benefit of relationship from people older than you when you were younger or younger than you even now? I'll just tell you about one. I can tell you about a lot more, but we don't have enough day, time in daylight. Um, his name was Glenn Moran, and he gave me a card. And I'll just tell you what was on the card, and it tells you the rest of the story. Be patient. God isn't finished with me yet. Okay, I would like to ask this one, and I'd like everybody, if you can, to answer this. As you guys have been prayerfully considering this time together, is there anything that you're feeling from the Holy Spirit? You all talked about following the Holy Spirit. Um, anything that you're feeling prompted by him to impart or bless the body with? wisdom, encouragement, a blessing, or prayer, anything that hasn't been spoken of yet that you're like, oh, I really want to have a chance to share this. Um, I think a motto I've had, and it's from an old song from years ago, it's called Trust and Obey, and that comes 
So many things come down to trust the Lord and obey his commandments. And all these things will be added to you. So um, some of you probably know that little song, Trust and Obey, for there's no other way to be happy in Jesus but to trust and obey. Amen. How to stay on that narrow road? Sure. We'd love to hear that. Would you like to hear how to stay on the path? Go for it. One of the things that in, interests me so much is the rapture. And I would like to hear more being taught about the rapture from this pulpit. So I've watched prophetic ministries and am intrigued with it, thinking, I'm not going to die. I'm going to be translated <laughs> up to heaven. Amen. Well, Jesus says if you believe in him, you don't die. That's true. Yeah. Yep. Anybody else? Is there anything that you want to impart, like you have an opportunity, anything that you want to say or share that you haven't, that I didn't ask a question for, that you just wanted to make sure that you had an opportunity that to That I would on? want to impart to others? Yes. Okay, here's one. <laughs> keep, loud, keep loud praises in your mouth. A sharp two-edged sword in your hand as you go into battle to fight for the one who brought us out of darkness into his marvelous light. Amen. Yeah. I think there's two things. One is great is thy faithfulness and constantly looking back and saying, great is his faithfulness. Um, I forget the second thing. Sorry. That's OK. Anybody else? OK, last question. What do you look forward to in the next season of your life? Because you're not, you've got things to do, people to do, see. What do you like to do for fun now, and what are you something you're looking forward to? You guys have fun. I know you do. Watching um, my kids grow up, watching what they're doing, and watching Ohio State become number one. <laughs> <laughs> Never happened. Georgia going to be... forward to how God's moving in my family too, children and grandchildren and great-grandchildren. And um, <clears throat> also, um, lost that bird. It's okay. The bird is flying. Um, all right, well, I think you guys, may I suggest please? one more thing? Yes. That was the second thing, yes. is memorize the word of God while you're young. Yeah. When I was a sophomore in college, I learned 
360 verses. And today I can't memorize. I shouldn't say that over my life, but I have a hard time memorizing. But I have all those verses inside of me and I can't quote them together or the address of them, but when I need it, the Holy Spirit brings it up. That's good. So it's there, and now the Holy Spirit stirs it up. Fantastic. I don't know if y'all noticed how much word was coming out of their mouth with a Bible in their hands. This is very important. Guys, have y'all enjoyed this time? Do you think that maybe y'all could be intentional to like have more conversations, spend time with them, take them out for coffee like Daniel did? You guys might have a very social calendar filled up soon. <laughs> um, Sam's going to come up and wrap us up. I just want to thank you guys so much for who you are and the importance you are in our lives personally and in this body. I thank you for how you have run your your faithful in your all the faithfulness that these individuals are walking in in their relationship with God they're not perfect right really surprise <laughs> yet they continue on. and um, they're not um, they're looking anticipating Jesus to come back but while they're active and there's things that y'all are stewarding and of, and we're just thankful. Thank, I know that this was a stretch, but I'm so thankful that you made this priority and you gave of yourselves to us today. So thank you. You know, um, Solomon was asked a question by God. He said, what is one thing that I could bless you with? And Solomon probably had a lot of choices. And he said, you know, I'd like to have wisdom. And God was so moved by that. He said, you picked the right answer. And not only will you have wisdom, but I'm going to bless you with riches. And there's something that is sitting up here that stands out to me more than anything, and that's wisdom. But you know, when we're younger, um, Proverbs 1.7 says, fools despise wisdom and instruction. You know, when you're young or younger, a lot of times you really think that you have it together or that you figured things out, or that you understand life. Am I wrong? We do think we have it together and that we've got kind of a corner on life and that we don't really need input. We got this thing. Wrong. Proverbs 4, 5 says this, acquire wisdom and understanding. Acquire wisdom and understanding. David said in Psalm 51, 6, make me know wisdom. Make me know wisdom. 
And Job 12, 12 says this. Wisdom belongs to the aged. Before you right now is wisdom. And understanding to the old. There's an aspect that you understand things in life through your many years that has given you the ability to understand that life's source and help and encouragement all comes from Almighty God and not anything in of yourself. You're standing on the truth of God's word and therefore he's faithful and he's true. And you know, I just read this morning that he's committed to finishing the work that is that he started in you and that he started in us. So my encouragement to you here is let's be ones that will drink in and acquire wisdom right now. Because the scripture says that he opposes the proud because grace to the humble. And I think we need to be teachable. And I think, you know, Fonda, what you said stands out is that one of the things that you're still learning is that you're teachable. And that is, is so, that's such an incredible response. Still teachable and still desiring to want to grow in the Lord. So I, I'm, I'm t- I, was took an, I was taking notes in my mind and in my heart, and I was storing up this wisdom that was given today as one to help us run the race for my race and not to think that I have to run my own race. You know, one of my daughters said one time, she was telling Eliza, she says, you know, I really, I don't want to learn from your mistakes. I want to learn from my mistakes. And I thought, <laughs> and then she did come back and say, you know, that was really stupid of me to say. <laughs> you know, that was just really, really not good. But I want to just encourage us that wisdom belongs to the aged. Before you right now, you have 500 years plus of wisdom. We need to take heed and listen and drink in what they've learned through the years. Because, you know, life gives you a lot of wisdom if you'll learn from it. And God will show you the way of life through your experiences as you trust him with all of your heart. So I really want to encourage us as a church. You know, when we say fools despise wisdom, in all reality, it's, it, it's actually, if we're looking at it in the context of being a generation, it's not giving, a fool would be not giving um, wisdom or respect or value to what's being said here today. We need to value and appreciate the older and embrace them as we are one family in God. And I'm telling you what, we are a blessed church. You know, I, I was sitting with my neighbor. You know, it's funny. I, I, um, 
I'm, I'm out in the yard um, hunting the moles because they're, they're tearing up my yard. And, uh, and so my neighbor says, Sam, you're doing a pretty good job getting all them moles. Why don't you show me, you know, how you do it? So I'm out in his backyard because he's got moles. And I told him, he said, well, Sam, how's church going? And I said, well, we, we are just doing so well. I said, we have such a blessed church. We've changed our name to Generation Church. We have young and old together. You know what he said to me? He said, you mean you got old people in your church? He said, that's good. He said, we can't even get any in our church. And he said, you're a blessed, you're, you, you got a blessed church to have older people there giving you wisdom. And I said, you know what? You're right. We do. And we are a blessed people to have a church. He says, you know, it's hard to do church with a lot of different ages. It really is. It's hard to do church with a lot of different age groupings. Because you've got a lot of different things that you like. I mean, there's preferences that they have that we don't have. And that's okay. But we got to appreciate that and love that and respect that about them. And embrace that because we are different. But, but we are one. We're a family. So I just wanted to share that uh, the wisdom that is being imparted today. I want us to be a wise church. People that are, we're gleaning from the older and we're gleaning from the younger. And we're becoming, this, see the vision of, of this is this. We are to be a people that we have the wisdom and the experience of the old united with the, the passion and the zeal of the younger to be one family, one generation. And that's so critical. We need their wisdom and experience, but you know what? They need our passion and our zeal. They need our, our, our excitement for life and, 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 the, and the desire to really go and conquer another mountain. They need that. But we need what they have too. And I'm so delighted and I'm so honored that this church is um, so blessed by y'all. We are, we are a better church because of you. Amen. And so I want to thank you, and I want to honor you. Give honor where honor is due. Honor is due right here. Amen. 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 Let's give him a big hand. That's right. Come on. Yes. Amen. Amen. Okay. Father, we just thank you and we praise you, Lord, for this incredible time. And Lord, I, I, I ask that we would store up in our hearts the wisdom that has been imparted today. And Lord, I just pray that we would be able to glean from those that have are before us and that are aged and that have learned much. And Lord, I'm asking this day that we would acquire wisdom and we would acquire understanding and we would grow up into the fullness and in the maturity of Christ Jesus because we're embracing your wisdom, God. 
And we thank you and we praise you in the mighty name of Jesus. And everybody said, can I just say one last thing? I, there's a lot of individuals that are younger today that because of the pressures and because of the anxiety and because of all that's going on in our nation and all that we read on the headlines, there are a number of people that I'm aware of that just want to give up, give, give, give up on life. And the one quality that I want you just to drink in, and that is to remember that we must keep pressing on and encouraging one another while it's still called today. The one thing that's sitting up here in front of us is six individuals that have not given up and they keep pressing on and they're not throwing in the towel because they know that the best days are ahead for them. The best days are ahead. So I want to encourage you guys to, to not quit, to not give up, to not throw in the towel, but to know that the best days are ahead for us. Amen? Amen. Amen. I love you all.